We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Good afternoon or good morning, depending upon when you're listening. I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood Clark. And this is Pastor Jolly John Lekomsky. And at the point we're recording this, I'm still shivering in the frozen north of Minnesota. And how about you, Matt? I'm uh, still here in St. Louis, John. (laughs) We're We're at beautiful Ascension Lutheran Church in uh, picturesque, even in the middle of the wintertime. Uh, South St. Louis. So I'd like to start with just a, you know, I'd like to think that we're kind of the mini Google. (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't claim that we know everything like Google obviously does, but I like to think that we, we, we deal not only with some of the finest theology that you would find anywhere on Christian radio, but we also are a veritable fount of, of helpful hints as well. And, and could I start with a helpful hint about uh, Christmas cookies? I know it's a little late for that, but, you know, it, it's, it's never too soon to get prepared for next year. Uh, would that be all right, Matt? Oh, yeah, please do. I, I don't know if Christmas cookies are ever out of season, John. At least <laughs> That's right. Call them, call them epiphany cookies if you must. I, we don't care what. Call them February cookies, Jen. We, Yeah, who doesn't like cookies? Um, and, and so that's what was different this year because, like I said last week, my wife was really kind of stressed out. And so I decided I would help her, and, and I would help her with baking the cookies. You know? What a guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm retired. I got time to do that now. But but here's the helpful hint. Here's the helpful hint. Uh, snickerdoodles. Do you, do you ever eat snickerdoodles? Oh, I love the snickerdoodles. Oh, one of my favorite. So, so anyone who knows anything about cooking knows that one of the key ingredients of snickerdoodles is cream de tartare. Yes. Did you know that? Yep, yes, that's, I did. That's key. That's key. Um, uh, somehow you mix that with the, uh, 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 the baking powder, not baking soda. Oh, don't make that mistake. <laughs> baking soda <laughs> and baking powder are not the same thing. Two different things. Two different things entirely. Uh, but yes, you, you bring the cream de tartare, whatever, tartare, I can't even pronounce it, cream de tartare, and you mix that in with the baking, uh, uh, make sure you got some powder, uh, and somehow that makes these wonderful things called snickerdoodles. But here's the thing, here's the thing, you really can't substitute tartar sauce for cream de tartare. <laughs> you would think, right, because it is cream de tartare and it is tartar sauce, but no, no, that is not an acceptable substitute. Is this the voice of experience talking, John? <laughs> well, I was just going to say, Matt, if the cookies that I gave you for Christmas tasted a little funny, don't feel like you have to eat them. <laughs> but if you're going to have fish and chips, you might want to save them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Lynn is a lucky woman, John. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and of course, the, anyone anyone who knows me knows this is just a joke, because my only contribution to cookie baking is eating. <laughs> I eat the cookies. She doesn't let me get within a mile of the kitchen when she's baking cookies. So if we give you cookies, maybe let's save. Trust me, <laughs> it's safe. 
<laughs> I, I'm just glad you didn't say you you added that stuff that the the dentist scrapes off your teeth. I've really been worried, John. Oh, well, that was my thank you, man. That's my second thought. When we ran out of cream and tartar, but I had the tartar sauce, so that I didn't get that far down the line of possible substitutes. Matt, but real quick, real quick. Uh, 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 so last week uh, I was just sympathizing with the Grinches and Scrooges because yes. Christmas is a, is a is a hard time. It is a hard time for a lot a lot of people, and when we're happy and joyful, sometimes we forget that, and and we need to be aware of that. It can be a very very difficult season, and, and yet it is a season of God's love. That's the thing. Whether it's a season of lots of blessings and toys, or whether it's a season where you're just struggling to get by. Uh, that consistency is that there is a Lord who loves and saves us, loves us enough to come down and take on all of our trials and struggles, even death on a cross. Uh, I, and I cut you off, though, Matt. I'm so sorry. We ran out of time. So just is there anything you wanted to add to that? Uh, well, if not, just, we'll move on. Well, just, I, I just affirm what you're saying about the Scrooges and, and uh, the 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 bah humbug uh, of Christmas yeah. sometimes. And, and sometimes it, it is just a difficult time of year. And uh, sometimes it's because there's a loved one who's gone and yeah. we've been separated by death. And uh, especially, boy, especially during the holidays and especially those, maybe that first holiday, that first Christmas without that individual at the dining room table or opening the presents, that's tough. It is. Yeah. It's a tough time of year. And there are a lot of tears that are shed at Christmas Eve services, and they're not tears of joy all the time. Sometimes there's tears of grief. Uh, but yes, uh, nothing can separate us from the love of God, like like you said, and you quoted last week, and and including death. Can, death can't even separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. So just that reminder of folks, too, that in the midst of the tears, and tears are okay, that's okay to grieve, uh, to still find joy in that child who came for you and for those loved ones who are now, uh, by faith, with him uh, in his nearer presence. So, so it's not always a merry Christmas, but I, I like the word you use there, Matt. It is always a joyful Christmas because Jesus Christ came into this world. And by the way, he came into a world where he had nothing but problems. <laughs> Couldn't even find him a decent place to be born in. And of course, once he does get settled, then all of a sudden his mom and dad have to pack up their bags and flee <laughs> because somebody's trying to kill him. So yeah, our God understands that Christmas is not always merry, but it is joyful because our God came to earth because he loves and cares for us. Now, you wanted to share with us another story, though, uh, again, that touches upon the sadness, the sadness of, of Christmas, even in the midst of the joy. And what story was that, Matt? Yeah, so I want to look at an event that takes place 40 days after Christmas, and we're, we're almost 40 days uh, outside of Christmas, yeah, almost. Yeah, how appropriate, uh, so this yeah. Is, uh, from Luke chapter 2, verse 22 and following, uh, this is Jesus presented at the temple. It's, as Mary and, and Joseph and, and then Jesus come uh, for Mary's purification in particular. Uh, so I want to look at that account a little bit, and uh, at Simeon uh, specifically. So I, I wanted to look, too, at, at what we call Simeon's song here. Uh, yes. I, I don't know. John, you're, you're a thespian more than I am, right? You know, <laughs> get the, you're, you're the actor. You're the creative talent here in, in the show. Um, do you have a favorite musical uh, that you, you really love? A favorite musical? Oh, it would have to be Sound of Music. Um, that's, you know. The hills are... No, I won't go into that. <laughs> No, yeah, The Sound of Music, classic, classic. And, you know, I, 
the musical, like the sound of music, you got action taking place and there's a story taking place. And then all of a sudden, yeah, people break into music and there's Maria singing the hills are alive <laughs> with the sound of music or, or do re me or whatever, whatever she's singing. No, a deer, a female deer. All Go right, ahead. John. That, that, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I mean, we, we get the picture. <laughs> And, you know, and as you look through the, the gospel of Luke in particular, the first opening chapters of it, it's like a musical almost. I mean, it, it is. It really is. There, there's action taking place. There's stuff happening. There's dialogue, right? There's angels visiting. There's Jesus is being born. But but at times well, you, got, you got Mary's Magnificat. You got you got a hymn in there already. And you got uh, Zacharias. Song. We need to do a musical version of Christmas, Matt. Oh, now we've got something for next year. Now you're talking. <laughs> we'll work basic. on that. Your church can premiere it. <laughs> Fantastic, John. Um, <laughs> I can see uh, it. Lekomsky and Clark's oh, The Sound yeah. of Christmas. That, that's got a nice ring to it, actually. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, four songs we want to include in our, our Lekomsky and Clark uh, production here. And, and you already yeah. mentioned a couple, right? So you, you have the first one is Mary and her Magnificat. We looked at that yeah. last week on Wrestling with the Basics. Uh, and then you have Zechariah. He has a song after John the Baptist is born. And then after that, you've got the angels themselves, right? Oh, the yeah. In Deo, as they share I can see it, a big, big choir, Matt, like a thousand member choir. Oh, yeah. singing. oh okay. Yep, yep. And then finally, we, we get to Simeon and his song. And that's the one we're going to look at today. So that's really the final song in this quartet of songs uh, in the opening chapters of the book of Luke. So uh, let, let's get to it. Here's the context, though. Before the song takes place, it's kind of like a musical, right? We've got some action oh, yeah. first before yeah. the breaks in a song. So we want to look at the context, the action, the narrative uh, into which the song is placed. So, so John, if you want to get us started, and, and, and as we read this action, uh, I think one way to look at it, too, is, is through the, the lens of what's unexpected. Because I think, too, uh, this, this whole account, uh, the song included, perhaps, is really sort of unexpected. Um, so let's let's get started uh, in Luke chapter two, beginning verse twenty-two. And and do you want me to sing it, Matt? No, no, no. <laughs> wait, wait till we, when we get to Simeon's song. You're more than welcome to sing it, John. Sing it, okay. <laughs> so we're not doing an opera here where everything's sung. No, no, just, no, no, no. It's okay. a little too ambitious. Right. No, we're just we'll yeah. just do a musical. Do that. And, and when the time came for their purification, that's uh, Mary and the baby, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. All right. Yeah, well, let's, okay. uh, let's stop there. So, uh, so this is the context. So uh, Jesus, his family is fulfilling the law. Uh, Jesus comes and he fulfills the law perfectly. Uh, it's not that we have to do this purification 40 days after childbirth, still today, right? Uh, no, Jesus has fulfilled it perfectly for us. Uh, but this law is coming from uh, Leviticus, uh, specifically uh, chapter 12. And there's this command there to sacrifice a, a lamb as the, for the purification. Uh, and you see here, Jesus and his family, that, that's not what they're bringing. What, what are they bringing? They're bringing a couple birds. Uh, yeah, and that's turtle doves. Turtle doves. Two young pigeons, it says. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And as you read on in, in Leviticus, that's kind of uh, plan B. It's kind of, well, if you, if you can't bring the lamb, if you can't afford the lamb, you know, then, uh, you know, bring a couple, couple birds with you uh, as the sacrifice. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, right? But it is clear that it's only if that family can afford the more preferred sacrifice of a lamb for, uh, for that purification. So I think that's that's one thing that's kind of maybe unexpected, right? So as we'll see, there's some people watching this family as they enter. Uh, you got this uh, young mother, I think we can assume, Mary. You've got uh, Joseph, uh, the, the carpenter of sorts, uh, the, with her. And then you've got them coming with um, this, this sacrifice that's for poor people. So that's, it might be a little unexpected. If you're a guy like Simeon, who's waiting for the redemption of Israel, ah. right? Waiting for the Savior that's been promised, this Messiah, this uh, anointed one that's supposed to be coming. And you've been waiting for this for millennia. You, you might not expect just this humble couple <laughs> with this kind of paltry sacrifice coming to the temple to be to be the one, right? Well, well, now, Matt, you're making me think it, it's the same way with uh, Luke's account of the birth, because you certainly wouldn't expect that the king of kings and lord of lords would be laying in a feed trough. You know, that's not where you would expect to find him either. So you're right. Exactly. And I, I think I think Luke's whole gospel really kind of takes up that theme of this this lowliness, this unexpectedness. We saw that in Mary's Magnificat that, you know, God lifts up the humble um, we think of uh, the, the angel song. They announce it to shepherds for crying out loud. They're the first ones to know about the Savior's birth. God chooses to announce it to them. Uh, shepherds out in the fields, watching over their flocks by night, not to kings, not to princes, but to shepherds. So I think this is really, uh, the, the unexpected should actually become expected for us <laughs> as we read our Bibles, and especially as we read uh, these opening chapters of the book of Luke, because that's, that's just how God operates. Uh, through could, the lowly, through the ordinary. Could I share a little bit about this sacrifice too before we yeah. go on? Uh, because what I had uh, not realized, uh, because it's not referenced here in, in Luke's account, but this sacrifice actually is connected with the Passover uh, that we talked a little bit about uh, last week. Uh, the, the, the idea was uh, that in the Passover, God had killed all the firstborn. All right, firstborn. And now... That's what you have to do, too, all the male firstborn. You have to, uh, well, you don't have to sacrifice them, but you do have to offer a sacrifice in their place. Um, and when you realize that connection with the Passover, you, you realize there's something very powerful that's being said in this story, uh, that you didn't celebrate the Passover with the idea, oh, well, God spared us because we're Jews, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right? That's why we got spared. No, 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 no. Your children, your firstborn, they should have been killed, too. All right. Yeah. They they weren't they weren't saved because you were Jews, and now even as a Jew, you still have to make a sacrifice for the firstborn male. Uh, and, and by the way, they weren't saved because you did the ritual. You know, you did the ritual because you believed in God, and God told you to do it, and, and you believed God would spare you and deliver you. So yeah, you sacrificed the lamb. See, like you said, that's what it's supposed to be—a lamb sacrifice, because that's what was sacrificed at the Passover. Uh, um, uh, but no, no, it wasn't the ceremony that saved you. No, no, it was God who delivered you. And to remind you of that, because it's so easy for our celebrations to become things of self-justification, aren't they? 
Maybe we do that at Christmas. Oh, we celebrated Christmas. Now we're a little bit better than those people who don't celebrate. And aren't we, Matt? Aren't we better because we celebrate Christmas and other people don't? <laughs> you said it, not me, John. <laughs> no, well, I'm just saying. So I think I think this is a very pointed ceremony. It was God's way of saying, look, you yep. were delivered from the Egyptians, not because you of bet. the ceremonies performed, not because you were better people, but because I am a God of mercy and I showed you mercy. And guess what? I continue to show you mercy. You really think that a lamb could take the place of your firstborn? Nope, nope, no. Nope. But I will accept that. And in fact, if you're poor, I'm such a merciful God. I'll let you give even just a couple of birds. I'll accept that even. Because, of course, the whole point is, Matt, in the end, it's going to be God who provides the lamb, right? The lamb of God. That'll be the ultimate sacrifice. So thank you, because I just learned that. I, I did not think about the connection between Passover and the sacrifice that Mary and Joseph make in the temple just until this last year. I will now shut up. So, I mean, this is the <laughs> climax, though. You're right. You know, the, yeah. all of this, the, the Passover and the sacrifices and everything that's been taking place, here it is coming to its climax, coming to its fulfillment, and all pointing ahead to, to Jesus. Because, you know, in a way, Mary and Joseph, they do have the lamb. It's right there with them, right? Yes. It's, it's a 40-day-old <laughs> lamb named Jesus who's yeah. going to be sacrificed for the sins of the world. This this firstborn son of Mary, this only begotten son of the father, uh, here he is in the temple, and he's going to be sacrificed. It's not going to be for another uh, 30 plus years, and it's going to be at the cross, but but he's going to be sacrificed. Yeah. All right, well, let's let's keep going because we want to get to the song too. So let's, uh, let's continue with uh, verses 25 and following. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And stop there, keep going. Well, yeah, I think that's interesting. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so here's this guy named Simeon, and the, the Holy Spirit, uh, it came, came up twice here, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit's going to be ne- mentioned in the next verse, too, we're about to read. So you see, you know, in this unexpectedness of what this Messiah looks like, it, Simeon still sees that this is the one, and he sees it with eyes of faith, spirit-given eyes of faith. You know, I love that emphasis. It's not Simeon. No, the Holy Spirit is the one revealing this again and again. That's emphasized uh, three times in just a couple of verses. So it's the Holy Spirit I'm revealing this. And, and you know, Simeon unique uh, in that God had promised that uh, he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Christ, uh, before that promise was fulfilled. You know, I, I think sometimes we think of Simeon as an old man, right? Yes. Um, but but we really don't know how old Simeon is. I think that's interesting. Uh, we don't know. Could be a younger guy. I don't know. Um, we we kind of get the impression he's older and maybe waiting to die and and uh, is expecting that Savior to come. Uh, but, you know, maybe, maybe not. Uh, God had fulfilled this promise to this man, Simeon, however old he is, uh, and let him see the Lord's Christ before, uh, before death, before death. Yeah, in fact, I would argue, and when we get to the actual hymn uh, song, uh, that the language there is, of course, where we get the tradition of him being old. But, but I don't think the language has anything to do with his age. But we'll, we'll get to that, yeah. Matt. Real, real quick, uh, um, because I, I don't know if people realize we don't really pre-plan this. This is pretty much off the cuff when we do these shows. Uh, I think people uh, realize that, John. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Having said that, you're right. Yeah, 
how could they not really? <laughs> uh, let's let's do this for two weeks, man. Is that okay? Sure, you bet. Because there's too much good stuff here. Oh, and, yeah. and, and again, see, we 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 are pressured. Oh, we got to get it done in 30 minutes. And I think no, we we can. This is worth because uh, I really appreciate what you said about the spirit. I had not noticed that before. And of course, it's Luke who gives us the story about the coming of the Holy Spirit in the Book of Acts. But who would have thought the Holy Spirit would show up right here at the beginning, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I really, really appreciate what you said, because, yeah, there is no faith apart from the Spirit, is there? No, no. I mean, no. again, you know, if it was just his human eyes <laughs> that he yeah. was relying on to know who this Christ is going to be, who this uh, Messiah is— if he was just going to point him out, you know, in a crowd with his own eyes, no way. This is the last person you'd expect. Uh, but yet this 40 day old child through eyes of faith, uh, carried by this poor couple, uh, Simeon knows it's him. It's him. And see, that's what, what always what I loved about because this is associated with the Lord's Supper. Uh, many churches sing this as part of, of the uh, uh, Lord's Supper celebration, uh, the, the ritual. And, and uh, I always thought that was neat because there's a whole bunch of babies probably in the temple. I mean, everybody's got to bring their firstborn yep. in. I'm sure this yep. isn't the only kid. Uh, and, and the only way that Simeon, like you said, knows is because the Spirit has given. And it's the same way with us. We, we go, there's bread and there's wine. No one's going to know that's the body and blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, except, <laughs> right? By the Holy Spirit. Yeah, it comes to us through the Word of God. Otherwise, we'd have no idea what that is. Uh, uh, so I was like, well, yeah, so this is our story. This is how we get to know stuff too, right? I, I cannot believe by my own reason or strength. Uh, but the Holy Spirit, <laughs> he's the one that comes. So thanks for that emphasis, Matt. I think that's that's really cool. Yeah, you bet. And I, I think, this, that again, just the unexpectedness of it at all. Yeah. And I think sometimes as as Good church-going Christians, John. Uh, sometimes we forget the unexpectedness of the means by which God forgives us and gives us salvation. Uh, you mentioned the Lord's Supper, uh, bread and wine. Well, that's that's unexpected, right? Uh, yeah. A little wafer, a little Mogan David. What what's that going to do for anyone? <laughs> and yet, through eyes of faith and their promise of Christ Himself, that this is His body and blood given and shed for our forgiveness. Yeah, yeah. There's more here. There's forgiveness and salvation. Uh, and I think ultimately that that most unexpected place where we find salvation is the cross itself. Um, I, I think we become so familiar with the cross and, oh, yeah, the cross and the, the, the cross of Christ. And that's where our salvation is. And it is. Uh, but sometimes we lose sight of the fact of just how unexpected that was, that the cross is also this this thing of scorn. Uh, this uh, worse of death for criminals, this form of Roman execution. It's capital punishment, right? Uh, like our gas chamber, lethal injection. This is not where, where peace is found or forgiveness is found. Uh, but yet uh, in that unexpected place, perhaps the most unexpected place is the cross of Calvary. Uh, that's where we find our peace. That's where we find our forgiveness. Um, and uh, we're going to hear that in Simeon's song as we hear him sing of peace. But uh, I, I just don't lose sight of the unexpectedness of this event and then that event at the end of Jesus' life, too, at the cross itself. And, and you know, Matt, it occurs to me, that's how we ought to go to church. 
See, I, I'm afraid, and, and I think we've done this with Christmas too, and with probably all of the, the Christian festivals. They just become a matter of routine for us. And you're right. Every time you go to church, you should be looking for the unexpected because really, a guy like you with all of the thoughts you've had of lust and anger and selfishness and doubt, and you come in and the first thing that God says to you, your sins are forgiven? Really? Yeah. <laughs> unexpected. <laughs> Undeserved. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, this is, I, you've got me excited, Matt. Uh, we didn't actually get to the very song that you wanted to talk about. <laughs> well, it's a good uh, hook for next week, John, uh, because our listeners need to tune in again where they may or may not hear John Lukomsky sing. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Where's the Simeon? <laughs> and this could be the, the premiere, you know, the teaser for the new Lukomsky Clark musical. <laughs> it could very <laughs> well sound be. of Christmas. Hey, man, I love you. We love our listeners. This has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, the with the Basics. <laughs>